Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we have a lot to do today. We have a lot to cover uh, because uh, we're all three very important, meaning that we're going to be traveling a lot this summer uh, because that is what important people do. And the other thing that important people do, Pipe, is they have companies who make swag about them. And I'm looking on the Missionalware page here. And I'm seeing some new Happy Ramp products. I know that you have uh, a promo all locked and loaded and ready to go. I just want to talk about one product that I'm really excited about. Um, it seems that Missionalware just continues to innovate in the area of mugs. Um, I've already got two huge insulated mugs bearing our logo. Now it looks like there's another one with like a piece of leather like lashed around it that has our logo on it. Um, which is a terrific thing. I... I didn't think I could get any happier or more excited about a mug um, until I saw one with our logo uh, branded onto some leather that's lashed around it. So, Pipe, why don't you tell us about Missional Wear uh, and what they have going on? Yeah, so if you go to missionalwear.com slash happy rant, we have our very own landing page, and um, they will have a special going up through Father's Day. So I'll, if you use the code rant, you'll get a You'll get ten dollars off any purchase of fifty dollars or more. So, uh, and you'll get a Happy Rant sticker thrown in. I have one of those on my laptop right now. They're pretty cool. So it's like one of those ones where you stick the sticker on and then you you peel the clear part off and it leaves like this crystal clear decal on there. So missionalware.com/slash/happyrant. They have two two or three different styles of like Yeti travel mugs. So there's the large one, which I think Ted described as the size of a toddler. There's That's the right. small one, which is about the size of a newborn, and then there's this there's this leather bound one. So it's like the mug, but with the leather around it because uh, because leather makes everything better. It's That's, like a uh, hipster's journal, like lashed yeah. around a mug. Speaking of journals, we also have Happy Rant Moleskin journals. Those are there as well. There are stickers. There are coffee mugs, just like ceramic coffee mugs, and they look really sharp. They're black and, uh, you know, with a nice crystal clear white decal. There are pint glasses if you enjoy drinking beverages out of glasses of that size and beverages that are associated with such glasses. Being Southern Baptist employees, two of us anyway, we can't mention those beverages by name, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So all of that is there. This is these make great gifts for people. Uh, by people, I mean you yourself, listener, or any fathers in your lives who you are looking for the perfect gift for the holiday coming up. Don't get the father in your life a book about how to be a better man or a better dad. Those are no. crappy gifts. Get them pint glasses, mugs, travel mugs, t-shirts. There are t-shirts as well. Moleskins. Get them everything and use the code RANT to get your discount and your free sticker out of the deal. And again, it's missionalware.com slash happy rant. Go check it out. They really, it's it's good quality gear. I use the mugs pretty much every day when I go to and from work or to and from my kids' soccer practices and I'm toting coffee around with me. They're really, really nice. You know what? I would never drink coffee out of anything else. And I would never drink coffee that isn't made by one Hector Ligaris of Ligaris Roasters. Uh, Ligaris Roasters is the official coffee roaster of the Happy Rant podcast. Uh, they are offering the Happy Rant signature blend. If you go to our show page, happyrantpodcast.com, uh, click on coffee and uh, order yourself some Ligaris Roasters Happy Rant blend. You will be glad you did. 
Now, boys, speaking of being glad or not glad about things, uh, I want to talk about something, man. We just had our commencement here at school. Uh, we mentioned commencements uh, in the last ep, how, how being asked to speak at one is, is proof uh, that you have made it as a, as a person, as a public figure. Now, what do you guys make of this whole trend of college students walking out on commencements? This has been a thing this year, um, especially as people from the Trump administration have spoken around the country. Uh, students will get up and walk out. In some cases, students will sit with their backs turned. Um, what do you guys make of this? Big R, you're, uh, you're in a college town. You're in Ashland. You're in the Manhattan of central Ohio, uh, <laughs> where everything happens. Tell, tell me what you, what you make of this. I don't know. I mean, I, when we did, man, when we did our pre-show prep, I, I, you know, I had sort of, uh, communicated production meeting. You, yeah. right? Our production meeting. I communicated to you boys that I wasn't really familiar with this. Yeah. Um, I, it's one of those things where it's, um, I'm always a little weird about acts of protest that don't really seem to be that effective. And, um, this just feels like Making one of the acts of protest then. Right. By, right. By, by most, I mean all. Right. And, um, no, I'm kidding about that. Some are actually effective, but this seems like one of those like silent acts of protest to where it's like you're not really going to make a big splash and you're not, you're not really doing anything, um, you know, that, that's going to promote your cause very well just to walk out on somebody making a commencement speech that you don't like. So I'm just, I'm always baffled by things like that. And to me, they just reek of like 21 year oldness kind of tactics. Sorry for our 21 year old. Uh, you know, listeners out there, we love you, but it just reeks of that. And um, so I'm always a little out on that. I don't really understand that. And um, I don't know, maybe you can enlighten us a little bit, Pipe. I, I just, I'm out. Well, I don't are, are we implying that I'm, I have the 21 the year old mind out of the bunch? I'm just saying Pipe's maybe you can help. I just said maybe you can help us. Wow. He's our resident 21 year old. Somebody I'm, just gets offended. I try to ask for triggered. help. And, and it's you just now a trigger warning to me. Um, I am the resident millennial, even though I'm old and have kids. Um, I, so I have a question for you before I before I give whatever take on this, Ronnie, and that is what's a better way to protest this? So so say imagine back to being college age yeah. and uh, they invite a commencement speaker who you find offensive in some way, shape or form. Either, you know, could be political, could be moral, could be racial, could be whatever. They just you find this person very offensive. You wish you don't want them uh, at your your big day. Uh, what is the proper way to protest? Um, like publicly. So say, say you've gone through the channels of, we, we posted a petition to the president of the institution. It was ignored or it was declined. What, uh, what is a public way to protest that's better than a walkout? This is not a loaded question. I genuinely don't have a good answer for this. Yeah, I genuinely don't have a good answer for it either. Like if the entire student body just didn't show up to the graduation, that, that, that would be better. That yeah. would be that would be awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like a sit out instead of a sit in. Right, but you need yeah. like you know you need consensus with that, yeah. and so to get everybody on board with that, it's never going to happen. So in other words, you're going to get four people that are going to randomly walk out, and it's not really yeah. gonna whoever is the valedictorian and the salutatorian and whatever else is going to be like, um, no, <laughs> I want to go get. I'm I'm graduating with honors. I'm right, regardless of who's speaking, this is good for my career, and I'm doing yeah. this is what's happening. Right. Okay, so that I had that question because that, you know, before I go about criticizing a bunch of college students, I was trying to think if I could give a, a more fruitful way to do it. I will give credit to the college students for this. It is a peaceful protest. Yes. So if you're going to protest, doing so in, an, in a way that doesn't cause damage or insult somebody is always a good way to do it. Um, 
I agree that it, it is pretty pointless because that person is already on stage and they're already getting paid lots of money to be there. Um, I, I think it's – it. my first response was like you and Zed, a sort of smacks of 21-year-old-ism. But at the same time, um, I kind of wonder if we're just like grumpy old white dudes who who it's sort of like those darn kids kind of thing, and 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 maybe there's more to it than that. Like I I, I keep wanting to give them credit. Yeah, I know. I'm, but, we're, but I'm not we're exactly kinda, sure what to give them credit for. We're other sensing than that pipe. You could have been worse. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously it's it's perfectly fine that anybody wants to walk out on a on a commencement speaker, but I mean, I. I don't know. I feel like, like, dude, is there, is there a way to make a bigger splash than that? Like, can we get a little more creative than just walking? Like, could there be something you can do peacefully that's going to actually be a little more effective than just like your friend noticing that you walked out? Well, and you're- let me ask you this logistically. So our diplomas and stuff didn't get handed out until after the commencement speaker. So what do you do? You walk out in like the lobby and you hang out there until it's time to come in and get your diploma. Then you come back in. How, how does this work logistically? Yeah, I love I mean, it. I love it, Big T. You're just getting practical now. Dude, I'm getting practical because if, if, if I'm a kid, if I'm 21 and I leave in a huff, then what do I do? Just hang out in the, in the lobby while the huff like wears off and then I, and then I go back in? And no, get you, no, you don't. You hang out in the lobby until your dad comes out and he's like super mad because he's like, dude, I just paid for this education. He's like, I paid 40 grand to see you get a diploma. Get your rear end back in there. You right. Know? So it's, you're, you're actually – what you're doing – what you're doing by exiting the commencement speech is yeah. entering into a far worse speech that you're going to have from your dad. Right. <laughs> Judas Priest. I, I think I think the turning the back on I I think it was on on Betsy DeVos, who I think she was the speaker at that particular college. I think that's a little bit more effective than a walkout. It's although even that is a little bit like it's a little bit like turning around in a huff. Like you just sort of see, like I picture my eight year old daughter who's, you know, if I tell her, you know, no, she can't have ice cream for dinner. She crosses her arms and like spins on her heel and stomps away. It's got a little bit of that vibe to it, but at the same time, at least they're still there to get the diploma. Yeah. I mean, get your diploma at the end of the day, you know, that's what you're there for or don't go at all, you know, but don't go and then, and then walk out in a huff. Like I I think that, I have a or problem. don't go and and fi- figure out a way to get you know because it's it's all a signed seat because everything is very orderly. Figure out a way to leave some sort of memento on your seat that express like a a picket sign or something. Mm. So like if if half the class was there and half the seats were filled with picket signs or like or had the the uh, if you if you had sent a letter to the president saying we'd prefer this person not to come and those were sort of pasted all over those seats <laughs> i think i think that would be more effective cuz it, it creates a visual image but but you're actually not there as opposed to sort of the mm. the stand up and walk out kind of thing i mean look i'm going to say it again i feel like if you walk out on the commencement speech you're going to get a speech do you want it from that guy that you're never going to see again or from your dad who just mortgaged his house six times to get you through school I mean, who, whose speech do you want to hear? One of them is just going to be pointless. The other one's going to be angry and have some validity to it. That's a good question, Big R. I, I got an idea. How about you not do any of this stuff and just sit there and graduate like a gentleman? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you know <laughs> what I mean? Said, okay. Keeping it square pipe years, or a lady. <laughs> t- t- <laughs> thinking forward a few years, Ted, if, if your son, your oldest son – 
So the first child you have put through college, yeah. you have uh, you have you have worked with him to get to this point of Here moment, momentous accomplishment, uh-huh. and he he texts you two days before and he's like, <laughs> "Dad, I'm I'm doing the walkout thing because this speaker is a Here joke." Comes. Yeah. What do you say, Big T? I'm afraid to hear your reply, man. Ah, you know, look, he's a grown man. He he can do whatever he wants, but like, I would just say. Oh, you're going to just say. (laughs) I'm going to just say, either go or don't go. You know, don't do the walkout. Don't make a spectacle of yourself. In other words, if you're not going to go, just tell me so then I won't have to go. If you're not going to go, tell me so I don't have to go. We could just go out and have some dinner and celebrate, and we could start the fun part two hours early. Right. Plus, as we discussed on the previous episode, there is no more there is no ceremony more boring than a college graduation. So oh, technically he'd be doing you a big favor, Big T. It's like please Dude. just let me know because we the yeah, good time the good times know. can actually start early. Let me know ahead of time. Don't don't do it halfway through, you know? Let me know ahead of time. I, I like don't know. that. I like that. That's practical. I'm like a curmudgeon. I'm just a terrible person. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know, man. It's uh <laughs> I don't get it, but we should move on. Yeah, we we caught you on a uh, yeah. This is a tough a one. Sour, bit of a sour yeah. note on that one. Wow. Nah, it, it, I'm not sour about it. I just I don't know. Maybe I don't care enough. But it just seems like a goofy <laughs> thing to do. You know, doesn't it? Yeah, I just I can't imagine caring about something less than I care about this. I'm, I will. I, I am will big say, T right now. Pipe, how is this not a goofy this. thing to do? I, I think it is, especially because I I think what. They're protesting. That's fine, but I think that they they need to remember that the day the com, the commencement speaker is one of the least significant things of the day. Yes, we right. live in a celebrity driven culture that that looks for big names, but it is about the students walking across the stage, and to forfeit that is like that's a that's a that's a real bummer. Well, yeah, because, and let me, yeah, and let me get off. That's, like that that commemorates a lot of work. Yeah, probably. Sure. And look, let's just get dad about it for a second and say, it's not all about you. It's about the people that are there to celebrate you. It's not all just about your, you know, your opinion about the day. I mean, you're, you know, you usually have your family there. So you can't, you can't just make it about yourself either, right? True. Agreed. Yeah. Good word, baby. All right. Well, I see a theme developing for this app and it's dissatisfaction. This app is all about dissatisfaction. I hope our listeners don't feel that. And there's a song about that, wasn't there? I hope they don't feel that way. I can't get no. Yeah, I'm not going to comment about what our listeners say, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of that game. Believe me. <laughs> but it went so well last week. It went, it went really well. It went really, really well until it didn't. Um, boys, I want to talk about dissatisfaction and all the books uh, that are coming out uh, about overcoming dissatisfaction. Even though we live in a culture where if you look at our social media feeds – you would think that everything was awesome and terrific all the time. Um, what's up with this? Pipe, you're in the book industry. You're in the book business. We all are at some level, but you are, I think, more than, than Big R and myself at this point. Um, what do you make of this trend uh, about all these dissatisfaction books? It's, it's very confusing to me because like, at, at one level, we live in like the healthiest, wealthiest time and place in history. In 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 North America, you know, it's in terms of in terms of access to medical care and food and shelter, like just everything is awesome on the unlike our base needs, yeah. and and so historically speaking, satisfaction for people was defined by like staying alive, 
you know, do I have what I need to live or even just live with a, a margin of comfort? And now we've we've raised the bar of satisfaction to something like I don't even think we know what it is. It's mm. just not that. And so we have everything we could possibly need and we're less satisfied than ever. And and now we've turned we've now we've turned the publishing and speaking business into like that's a moneymaker trying to help people overcome dissatisfaction. And that's, you know, so so there's there's new books that come out every month about this. There are, um, you know, there's people who make a speaking living about this. There's, it, it's just sort of a theme. And the ironic thing is that the people who write the books about dissatisfaction and about just, you know, being comfortable with yourself and, you know, and, and being vulnerable and being genuine usually look perfect. Like they're perfect-looking people with perfect-looking lives from the outside, and their social media feeds are are all are all uh, airbrushed and perfect, and and so there's they're creating almost a further gap between what they portray and the message that they're talking about in terms of like being satisfied with less, mm. and with the exception of Francis Chan, who I think actually sold a bunch of stuff and decided to be satisfied with less. Fascinating, um, dude. What did so, he sell? Yeah, I don't what know. Did he just, sold. What would that, that look like? Well, I think he well he he moved away from any sort of big public platform. Mm-hmm. He I think he sold his house. Mm-hmm. Like Wait, hold on, Pipe. Is this like a recent thing? No, no, no. This is years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just That's thinking thought, okay. of of all of like the super famous platformy people, he's one of the few who who has at least moved in the direction of visibly being satisfied with less. Mhm. You know, most people who talk about being satisfied with less seem to have a lot of stuff. Seem to never have to actually be satisfied with right. less. Right. They don't they don't have to make do with less, let alone be satisfied with it. Dude, don't you love that? It's so theoretical. It's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to live simply, even though I make six figures and live in a huge house. I'm all about living simply. Yeah, I mean, do, do you know who gets the privilege of talking about living simply? People, people who don't who actually have to. do. Well, no, people who don't have to. Yeah. Like I can talk about living simply because I have a, a late model car and I have a fridge full of food and I have cable and I have high speed internet and I have Netflix and I have Amazon Prime and I can like and I have new clothes like I can talk about living simply and discuss what that means because I'm not forced to do so. Here's the thing, do you ever want to hear anyone talk about living simply ever again? No. It either makes me feel guilty or they annoy me. I know. That's the thing. So why is this such a cottage industry? Why did this become a thing? Ronnie? Well, is that thoughts? question for me? Am I the guy getting that question? No, I just want to hear your thoughts on it. It's not aimed at you. I don't know. I've, man, you know, I, I'd be actually, let me ask, let me throw a question back at you, Pipe, to get a little more context. Because what, like, Nate, if you can off the top of your head, I'm not trying to, to, to put you on the spot, but like what would have been a couple of like works, a couple of books that have come out that have really fed into this? Oh, let's see. Uh, well, there's, there's like the don't waste your life slant on things. Yeah. Which, you know, all the wartime lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Um, then there's, there, there's a, there's a cottage industry of books. I think they're largely written by women and aimed, aimed at women. They have a lot more to do with, um, sort of satisfaction in yourself and who God made you to be. And since they're not aimed at me, I haven't read them. But they're by they're by like 
good thinkers, good writers. Okay. Uh, I think Re- Rebecca Lyons came out with one recently. I think Jenny Allen has come out with with one. There's sort of a there, there's sort of that sphere of things. Then there's okay. the books that are like they're a little bit more lifestyle uh, extreme, and they're like they're a little bit more like living out the Sabbath or there's one that even talked like a family who decided to sort of move more towards an Amish lifestyle. Totally. So like actually really simplifying things. Um, and so there's, there's just sort of these different threads of these things. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I want to say, because I think this, you know, obviously, you know, big T and I have, have long been, uh, you know, proponents of being fascinated by guys like Frankie Chan over the years, you know, <laughs> guys that we, I mean, we've made, we actually like him and I actually think he's a pretty solid guy, but I'm kind of fascinated by sort of this guy with this massive platform strips it all down, but still keeps kind of a quasi platform because that's just who he is. He has to speak at conferences. Right. But, um, at the same time, it kind of let's, I, I think it begs the question of, uh, is there an obligation for Christians? And again, we can get theological about this or, or, or whatever. And is, but is there some sort of obligation for Christians to, to do with less, to go with less and to make sure that we don't have things piling up on top of us as a way to incite us towards idolatry instead of keeping things leaned out and stripped down. Now, I mean, like Chan and guys like Platt are, are they're going to kind of preach that gospel. And there, you know, there, there are some, there's, there's some truth elements to it. Other people are going to come along, you know, the other, they're going to come from the other side and say, no, you know, that's taking things out of context. You know, we're, we're meant to enjoy the blessings that God has given us. But then there is kind of a, uh, there is kind of, you know, when you, you know, when you go through the New Testament, there is, you know, there's kind of a leanness there. You know, Paul kind of, he kind of teaches a little bit of a, of, of a leanness. So like, where do we, where do we go with that? And how do we land? How do we land on that? I, I don't know. I'm going to let Pipe speak to this, but all I know is every rich guy I know who's a Christian is philosophically an enjoy the blessings guy. <laughs> it, it never happens that, that. Well, I think, I think almost Almost every American is. Sure. Yeah, because but then look. We, but, oh, sorry, go ahead, Pipe. I was going to say we're surrounded by it. And so it's just like it's – that is the – that's the air that we breathe in when it comes to – when it comes to material goods. And but here's the thing. Is, is, but for a guy that has a lot – and I have some personal experience sort of with Frankie Chan, right, being a lean guy that gives a lot away. So it's like the dude just has stuff coming at him, right? It's just mm-hmm. – He's just being blessed, right? I got all this stuff coming in. It just comes in. But I also know that he's a guy that, that gets rid of it. He tries to give it away. He, he's, he's a generosity guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, man, I've known guys that have a lot of, a lot of dough that are committed to Christ and they, they, man, they just, you know, they're in like, they're in like uh, spheres of business where they, they just, man, they wake up, they blink their eye and they've made like this much money, but they also give it away. So they're, they're trying to be generous. They're, they're trying to kind of for them. Again, leanness can be subjective, right? What's lean for you may not be lean it's for It's totally subjective. Shouldn't all yeah, Christians I mean, be that guy, though, that you just described? Well, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's my point, right? Yeah. When, and and my, my, the original question, I mean, it, they're tied together closely because when, when we're talking about generosity and, and riches, and on the other hand, just sort of this idea of being satisfied and dissatisfied. And, and, and Ted, when, when you posed the question, you brought up social media mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I read an article the other day that said Instagram is the, is the worst possible social media feed for 
the mental and emotional health of younger people, hmm. which makes total sense because everything yeah. on Instagram is is body image, it's lifestyle, it's it's fame and fortune, it's happiness. Um, I mean, and and so it's of course it's it, it creates a comparison game where if you took it if you took all of those photos away and looked at your own life, you'd go, I've, "I'm doing pretty well." But if you look at those, you go. I don't have anything that those people have. Mm. And and so I I think I think that that exposure and comparison is part of it. I think also the exposure and comparison to like all the problems in the world, you know. Yeah. It's it's hard to be satisfied with life when you're like I should be living for more and then you look around and you go, "Oh, I'm now aware of of all of the terrorist attacks and all the starvation and all of the injustices because we live in a world where information is everywhere. And so there's there's this there's like this multi-layered dissatisfaction where it's me being dissatisfied with myself. There's me being dissatisfied with what I have and the lifestyle that I lead. And then there's me wishing I could do more for the world and feeling powerless to do it. And sometimes those things can all kind of pile up at once. That's hmm. true. That's true. Big R, any uh, any final thoughts on this? Oh man, you know, I don't know. I it's a tricky one because I because I know that um, I know that our default right our default is to layer up when we're unhappy and dissatisfied. So so the default mechanism is that um, if I am if I'm feeling discontent, I need to purchase. I need to to layer. Yeah. I need to add. And yeah. so no nobody. And so what's weird about you know of course you know, the, the gospel would be counter to that. It, you know, it actually says the opposite, you know, it says to, um, it says, you know, you know, lean in towards that, which is going to bring you most satisfaction and, you know, which is Christ. And so it's, uh, it's strange, isn't it? Because I feel like my default, right? Like when I'm feeling dissatisfied or, or if I'm, if I'm kind of suffering from like, you know, seasons of discontent, I find myself going towards like purchases and shopping and things of that nature. I, I want to add, I want to layer, I want to medicate in some ways. Mm-hmm. And even though I know that, that it's, um, it's like a medication that's, that's not going to last, it's going to fade away really quickly, but it, it just seems, it seems so strange that that's what we automatically, uh, we, we automatically are drawn to. So I think it's just intentionality, right? I mean, we have to be, um, we have to push against what we feel and, and go, to, to doing what we know to be true, which is to, uh, you know, to, in a sense, um, you know, strip away. It's strange. I don't know. Dude, let me ask both of you boys. What's the last time you bought, uh, something when, when you were feeling dissatisfied and you tried to self-medicate with a purchase, what was it? I want to know what you go to when you, when you self-medicate. I go to, uh, I go to vinyls, books, mm-hmm. or, uh, audio gear. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't think I don't tie I don't tie the two together quite as like Ronnie is either more self-aware than me or has a different reaction to dissatisfaction than I do. Um I don't tend to think of purchasing things as as self-medicating, but I can think of a number of things that I purchased that I didn't need. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if those are the same thing or not. Um but yeah, it's. I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be. It, it's just sort of whatever is that thing that it's just. It's almost always impulse purchases. Like, oh, I could use a new pair of jeans or a new pair of shoes or, you know, uh, what did I what did I get recently? Um, 
there was an Apple Watch a while back, and like I had I had an Apple gift card, but like I didn't need an Apple Watch. It's just right. a thing that I could get. And so, but I will say, n- nothing I have ever purchased has made me happy for longer than about a week. Usually shorter than that. And I don't think it has to be a purchase. That that's just me. So that that's where I go for self medication. And when my dissatisfaction has hit a peak, um, for other people can be it can be, it really doesn't matter what it is. That's it's just a it's just a symptom, you know. But um, what about you, T? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think shoes. I really like shoes. Um, so it is a purchase thing for you. You like to yeah, buy. it's sometimes a purchase thing, and and I think day to day, like with my lady, it's more like. You know, uh, it's been a hard day. Let's just go out to eat. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. little stuff like that. So, I mean, we, yeah. I think we, for me, it's more experiential than it is, um, than it is, uh, like material. So, yeah, whether it's concerts or movies or restaurants, mm. just sort of the, because usually my dissatisfaction feels like boredom. Mm. Yeah. And so counteracting it, counteracting it with an experience is, mo- is more the way I would gravitate than like, buying a buying a thing yeah and i think boredom and and you could make the argument that that's the most terrifying thing to a millennial you know just that idea that like i'm not doing anything and and the whole instagram culture is is sort of fixated on you know what are you doing that's awesome and yes if if you're not doing anything that's that's the worst you know Hmm. I mean, and the fact that there's a whole thing called like lifestyle blogging or lifestyle social media feeds tells you that like there are people who are crafting images of lifestyle to essentially make other people jealous or covet or want. I mean, that's that's the job of a marketer, right? But but there are effective ways and and fruitful ways of marketing, and then there are ways of like essentially selling people crap they don't need. True. True. Boys, one last topic. Uh, before we land the plane on this episode, um, Pipe, you brought this one to our attention. And it's this trend of responding to things that we don't like by saying F that thing. Um, and to be clear, by we, yeah. we're not necessarily saying the three of us. Not we, the three of us. Cultural we. People. Yeah. People, yes. Human People. beings. Human beings. So whether it's F Trump or cancer or terrorists or whatever – um, this is a goofy thing. Like, cause like, of, of course F cancer, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but of course not because it's a stupid thing to say. Uh, yeah, cause I don't know. I just can't, I don't know. Did, did cancer like shrink back a little bit when you said that? Was it like, right. Ooh, yeah. cancer was taken aback. Cancer was, me. yeah. Cancer was nervous at that point. Um, I don't know. Pipe, what, uh, what, what did you have in mind when you brought this to our, our attention? Okay. So at the time of our recording, a couple of days ago, there was the bombing at the concert in Manchester. Right. It's a horrific event. Right. And because everybody has an obligation to share everything they think and feel on social media, the number of responses to that that I saw that were like F this or F terrorists or F ISIS, I just – I was like, OK, I anger is legitimate in that instance. Right. Exceptionally so. Yeah. That expression of anger sounds like a 12-year-old who who has is off his meds. Right. Like that's that is it's just and, and these are like adult journalists or fruitful <laughs> members of society who sound like angry children who just learned how to swear. 
And like the word just sort of tastes good in their mouth, so they spit it out. And and I, you know, and I'm not even that opposed to profanity in general. I just the way that people publicly express this. I was driving behind a car the other day that had an F cancer bumper sticker, and I just. That's permanent. It's yeah. on your car. Like the, right. you, you pull into a place of employment with that on your car, and I just, I don't know. I, it just, it seems to me to be sort of a litmus test of like where our society is in terms of emotional intelligence and the way to express any sort of frustration in any fruitful way or or complete lack, I should say, of the ability to do that. Big R. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said. I mean, look, anger is always the easiest of the emotions to sort of draw up and then sort of drop, you know, on everybody. And um, I think what it is, it just sounds to me like it's a way to exhibit some level of control over something that, of course, we have zero control over, you know. So to just drop something like that, it's explosive and it sort of it sort of encompasses how you're thinking, how you're feeling, what your opinion is of the situation or the particular thing. And, um, but again, you know, like Pipe said, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really tell the whole story, does it? You know, it, um, it, it's, it really, it really, it's an explosive emotion that really stops short of, um, of really kind of going a little bit deeper into to everything that's going on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. And it, are, that's why, that's why you're a resident man of the cloth. <laughs> It's Noticing like that a- F cancer fails to go deeper. <laughs> it, it, That's why they pay you the big dollars, baby. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it feels like a defense mechanism against dealing with what things actually are. Like cancer is a problem we can't solve or mm-hmm. we haven't solved it yet. And it's very painful and it takes a lot away from us. Terrorism, same thing, just, you know, on a, on a you know, sort of more newsworthy mm-hmm. basis. And – and, and so it's it's uh, because we can't solve them, we just like scream and and throw digital stones at them or bumper stickers at them, and mm. and it's a so it's like yeah, I, I think it control is a good way. It also feels a little bit like having the last word, like like it's like getting fired and on your way out yelling "f you" at the boss. Like <laughs> no, actually he won and you lost, uh, but you did get the last word technically. Yeah, but that's, that's interesting, Pipe. Like. I mean, because you know, in a sense. I mean, you're you're like minimizing the effects of some of those things, right? So just to say, you know, to say something like that about cancer or terrorism, you know, and if you're, you know, of course there there are people, especially with cancer, you know, that have obviously suffered from the effects of that that see that. It's almost like in a sense you're minimizing it because it's not just that for them. You know what I mean? It's not that simple for them. It's far more complex, and um, it's almost it's almost a way of just minimizing it, which makes sense given that emotionally. And spiritually, uh, saying F cancer doesn't really get you that far down the path. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that's nicely understated. It doesn't right. get you that far down the path. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Boys, you know what we are far down the path of is this program. And uh, I'm going to end it because I feel like I sounded like a grumpy old man earlier. <laughs> and that was funny to me. That was that was. It, it wasn't exactly a, a barrel of laughs this particular episode. It wasn't. Why is that? Can we can we do a little self analysis? Why why is that? I don't feel glum, especially. I don't, I don't know. know. I've always that. tried we, to figure that out. Some apps are just some, uh, yeah. Well, we picked some we picked some rather gloomy topics. We started with with angry college students. Yeah. Yeah. Then we went to 
the subject of being unhappy, dissatisfaction. <laughs> and then we talked about like F cancer, which is it, it's also kind Not of a lot of self analysis going on here, boys. It was a glum episode. Yeah, I think we just we set ourselves up for for being downers today. Yeah. Glum number one. I think we did. Boys, I'm going to sign us off. I'm going to get us out of this app mercifully. Uh, we have done what we always do, which is wander to and fro. We just did it much more glumly and and with much less humor than usual. You know what? We got all ha-ha last week, and that kind of like came back to bite us a little bit. Um, so I think we're, we're all just feeling a little bit gun-shy. Um, so I, I'm going to leave us with that. Until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.